What is up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Breathing Air podcast, where everyday action meets extraordinary mindset. I'm your host, Mason Bendigo, and if y'all are a first-time listener, thank you so much for tuning in, and welcome to the journey. To everybody else, welcome back. I'm super excited for y'all to hear today's guest. Mackenzie and I go way back to high school, and just being able to catch up with her on the podcast has shown me how much she has grown over the years, and Honestly, what she's been through, I didn't even know, and we went to college and we're close in high school as well, so it's really an incredible journey. She's very open about her eating disorder, and she has a mission to help women redefine their journey and find their confidence, and obviously, I don't know what it's like to go through an eating disorder or anything along those lines, but I know that a lot of people, men and women alike, deal with certain things like this, deal with body image, deal with you know, being able to connect mental and physical health, and I love what McKenzie is doing by empowering people to you know, not only just focus on, hey, I want to have these physical goals, but hey, let's reach these physical goals, let's have the right mentality, and let's do it where there's longevity and not just cutting carbs or cutting calories and, you know, something that may work in the short term, but not work in the long term. So we discuss all types of diets, fads. We talk about her mindset and her journey and her story. And it's very, very powerful. You can find her at MBP fitness on Instagram for anyone who hasn't followed the podcast. It's breathing air podcast on Instagram as well. So thank y'all so much. And without further ado, Mackenzie Percelli. What is up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Breathing Air Podcast. Today, we have a very special guest. Her and I actually go way back. We were just talking about it before the show. She has a BS in exercise science. She is a certified personal trainer out in Arizona, and she is a lifestyle coach that focuses on helping women redefine their journey and find their confidence. You can find her on Instagram at at Fitness. Mackenzie Percelli, thank you for coming on. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. Like you said, we go way back, so I find this is going to be such a great podcast, and it's going to be super interesting just to open up and talk about my journey and how I got to where I am today. Yeah, absolutely. So speaking of your journey, kind of give me a little bit of background from, you know, where you grew up, you know, everything, family, friends, like give me a little background. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm from St. Louis, Missouri. I was born and raised there. I went to school there throughout high school and college. Um, Basically, you know, just to get into my story, I grew up as a dancer and a competitive cheerleader. And this kind of is a big part of my journey because it kind of shapes a lot of how I got into fitness and the development of my own personal brand and my business. So, um, I started off as a competitive cheerleader, like I said, and then I 
went to college and me and Mason actually went to college together at Lindenwood and I had cheered there. Um, so I was very active and I loved, you know, pushing myself and the competitive aspect, but then something else kind of started to develop as I became more, um, as I became further along with my cheer career. And that was a lot of comparison, a lot of feeling like I wasn't good enough or I wasn't accepted or I wasn't small enough, which then sparked getting into my fitness journey. So first thing a lot of people think whenever, okay, like I'm not good enough in my body. I want to change how I look. Well, let's start hitting the gym. So, um, I started going to the gym very, very frequently and I started exercising vigorously. I would run, I would do weights an hour before practice. I would go to practice for about two, three hours a day. Um, and then I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm still not seeing these um, changes in my body that I'm looking for. So let's, you know, change my diet around. So started getting extremely restricted, cutting calories anywhere from like 500 to 800 calories a day. And I did start changing. I got very, very lean, but that only just, um, triggered what became an eating disorder throughout college. And basically throughout college, I was very, very insecure. Nobody would have ever thought this because everyone looked at me as this person who was extremely fit and was quote unquote, like body goals and had abs and she was shredded. But Inside, I was doing a lot of things that were actually causing a lot more harm than good. Um, so, you know, with the restrictive dieting, I would feel very fatigued all the time. I um, had even like passed out a couple times during practice. It was very difficult for me to work out, but I had one of those mentalities where I was going to do whatever the hell I could to reach my goals because that was the only thing that mattered. And I was so determined and so strict and so disciplined that no matter how shitty I felt, I was going to keep pushing through. Um, and that was just kind of my mentality with anything in life. Like, don't, don't settle where you're at. Like, you, you need to keep going further because you can't accept where you're at right now because it's not good enough. But the, the bad thing about that mentality was that I could never accept the body that I was in. No matter how lean I was, no matter how much weight I dropped, I never was good enough. And I would always compare myself to other people wishing like, hey, I wish I looked like them. Um, as I, you know, got through college, I realized, you know what, this, this is an issue. And I started to really identify the areas of my eating patterns where I started to go wrong. And I didn't realize this much throughout college, um, but I then fully got into a binge eating and bulimic, basically eating disorder. It kind of went from one to the other. So basically I started off just because of the restriction, binge eating, and then obviously I'd feel very ashamed, very guilty. So I then would end up purging. And, you know, I'm sure if there are women listening to this, you've probably, you know, experienced something similar, you know, the restriction and then the binging. It's a very common cycle that I see with a lot of women. Um, so I then would either throw up or I would exercise for about two hours. Nobody really knew what was going on behind the scenes because if I was binging, it was in private and 
nobody was around me. It was only me that knew. So I kept this as my little secret, mainly all throughout college until I was able to open up to someone I was dating at the time because I just felt so miserable and I felt so trapped. And I felt like I continuously had to act like I was healthy, but inside, like I was the farthest thing from it. Um, and, and basically, you know, that kept going on. And I would say I was in this binge restriction, um, purging cycle for about like four to five years until I could truly take the time to recover. So, you know, the reason why I give this whole back inside of things is it really leads into who I am now and how I actually developed my business. So around 2018 was when I was like, you know what? I, I need, I need somebody that's going to help me. So I hired a coach to help me with my nutrition. We focused on getting my food intake up to a healthy amount. And throughout that period of time, I had to put on body fat. It was the scariest thing in my life because all I knew was how to lose fat. And, you know, whenever you're binging and purging, the reason typically is because you're terrified of gaining weight, right? You're restricting your food. You're exercising a lot because you don't want to gain weight and you want to keep getting smaller or losing fat. And so then that's typically why it continues. Um, so this was a really big year for me in 2018. And when I had a huge turning point, I then started my business in April of 2018. So it's been about two years since I started MVP Fitness LLC. And I started it as a way to help women to, you know, achieve their goals in a healthy manner. You know, I wasn't much of a I would say lifestyle coach then because all I really knew was how to help people lose fat. But as I began working with this coach and he was helping me to um, basically get my body to a healthier place, I realized that our mindset is everything. And if I wasn't able to change and realize that, you know what, I have to accept and tolerate the body that I'm in right now. I don't have to fucking love it, but if I can tolerate it and be okay and know that I'm doing this for my health, then I'm going to get I'm going to get to a better place where I can feel what way more accepting and who does it going to control me anymore? So throughout 2018, a, a lot went on. Like I moved to Arizona and I started this business with literally no help. And I just was kind of winging things. But as I gained more and more clients and really tried to focus on making sure I was taking the healthiest approach for them, I noticed how important it was to make sure that mentally each person was stable um, and each person was focusing on their mindset, number one, and focusing on their internal health before even trying to achieve a fat loss goal. Um, and then as I got into 2019, that was basically what I wanted for my business is to teach women how to become um, the most confident versions of themselves, no matter what place they were in and developing a healthy mindset so that they can fit fitness and health into their overall lifestyle. So that's what I do today. And I completely recovered from my eating disorder Throughout 2019, I went and got help. I went to therapy for months on end, and finally I beat it. But it was something that I never thought that I could get through. But it really showed me how important focusing on our mentality is going to be for anything in life, not even just fitness or our body. Um, so that's been the main pillar of my business and what I preach throughout my social media. So that's a long drawn out summary of me, but my story and kind of how I got to where I am today. 
Yeah. And it's extremely empowering. And like you said, nobody would know. And that's the thing. I feel like a lot of women may be having these same thoughts or going through the same process, but are scared to open up about it. And I think that your story really helps them. And I love how you talk about the mentality because I'm so big on body, mind, spirit, like the three, as far as putting all three together and being able to say that that's health. Like you could have, like you said, shredded abs, or you could be the best fit person ever on the outside. But if there's a lot going on on the inside, then, you know, none of that matters because you're still going to be miserable. So I, I love your message. And I love that you're incorporating the mentality side of things, because obviously the market is saturated with fitness coaches right now, obviously. So you are setting yourself apart by doing that. So was it at first, was it this, hey, this is my mentality. This is how I want to attack it. And like you said, it started as, hey, I know how to lose fat. But yeah. did your did your brand and the way that you approach clients change as you started to see changes in your life? Yeah. So I will say my brand does change depending on kind of where I am at in my life. And if, if somebody has been following me for about four years now, they will see the changes and development that my brand has gone through just based upon the mental changes that I've made. So what I used to preach two years ago is going to be an entirely different message than what I preach today. And it's kind of the same thing with my business. I think that I've become so much more understanding as a coach than I was whenever I first started out. Because when I first started out, I knew how people lose can lose fat. But something that a lot of females, and even men need to realize is that just because science says a caloric deficit means this is how you lose fat, you might not always be ready for a fat loss state. Because if mentally you are in a place where you are strictly wanting to lose fat to impress somebody else, to you know look good for a specific event, or you don't have a positive relationship with food, you're not going to get there, one, probably in a healthy manner, and two, you're probably not actually going to be able to stick to your protocol because it's probably not going to fit your lifestyle at the time. But that's something where I've realized is okay, but as a coach, I need to realize, or I need to figure out how I can adapt somebody's plan for their lifestyle and where they specifically are in their lives. Because although I have 50 people all wanting to lose fat right now, all 50 of them are not in a place ideally where that can be their goal. They have other steps that they need to take to get to that place. Um, but you know, that, that's not always where my mindset was. My mindset was two years ago. All right, I have this client. Let me, you know, get them results. Let me get them a testimonial so that I can share to get more clients. But now I really don't care about that. I'm looking for a specific client that is here for the long haul who wants to truly change their overall habits and make sure that they are going to take a sustainable approach and that they're going to completely trust me and know that, you know, it might take them a year, but at the end of that year, they're going to feel so fucking amazing and their body and happy with their life, not just because of what they look like, because of the changes they've done internally and mentally. Right. Absolutely. And I, I love that because everyone's lifestyle is different and goals the goals can be same, but the lifestyles are different. Like you said, yeah. sustainability is like, Hey, you can do this for six months or six weeks and you may see some results, but guess what? 
the, the next two weeks or two months, you're, you're going to lose that because it's not sustainable. If exactly. Be consistent. And if you're not in the right mental state to be able to sustain what we're doing. So I, I love that. So you talked a little bit earlier about like caloric deficits or like dieting. And I, I think obviously now there's a lot of fads and a lot of things and not saying that they don't work, but my take has always been a balance. So what is your, yeah. So what is your take as far as, you know, the diets and the fads and kind of things that you've seen in the fitness world, whether that's, you know, keto or intermittent fasting or uh, whatever that may be. Yeah, there's not to say that these things aren't going to work for a specific individual. I mean, as, as long as you're basically in a caloric deficit and you can stick to it, you're probably going to lose fat if that's your overall goal. But the reasons why a lot of these diets don't work is because they're not sustainable and they don't allow you balance. Something like keto, you're restricting your carbohydrates. If you're somebody and you ask yourself, hey, in, in six months from now, am I not going to want to be eating carbs? And your answer is no, then most likely it's not something that you can sustain. And like you said, there's no balance. And a balance throughout your entire life and with the food that you're putting into your body is so, so freaking important. And every single person's balance is going to look different. But if you don't master that for yourself and figure out, hey, what does my balance look like and how can I incorporate that with my health and fitness goals, then you're probably not going to be able to, you know, achieve them. And with different fad diets, it's, they work because you're restrictive in some way. But um, I think most people who have tried them end up falling off the wagon and then it just leads to this guilty cycle and you instantly feel like, wow, I fucked up. I failed and now I need to get back on. So I'm going to go back to this diet. I'm going to cut everything out, but then, you know, you can only handle it for so long. And then you get right back to that feeling of fuck, I'm guilty again. And it just continues. And that's something that I see happen so many times is this pattern of guilt and shame because they're afraid they're going to gain the weight back, but then they get back to this restrictive diet because it has worked in the past, but it's not something that's fitting in their lifestyle. They don't have any balance and then they just kind of get trapped and stuck. And then they're like, I don't know where to go. And so that's usually where I come in because I get a lot of people who have been through these fad diets and they're just like, Mackenzie, what do I do? I've been trying so hard. I've been, you know, doing keto. I've been doing intermittent fasting. I've only been eating a thousand calories, but my body's not changing and I'm tired of it. I'm sick of it. And so that's where we figure out, okay, let's sit down and let's figure out what your specific goals are. Let's figure out what sounds good for you. You know, do do you like to have carbohydrates in your diet? Do you like higher fats? How do you feel about X, Y, and Z protein intake? Um, you know, do you like to eat breakfast? Do you not? And that's where we figure out how to develop a plan specifically for the individual. And that's what most people need and what most coaches need to be doing rather than preaching unsustainable diets. Right. And everyone's unique, like we've said. So sustainability obviously is key for someone that wants to see long-term results, not just, Hey, and then it's that cycle, like you said, but you, you obviously talked about women and their body image. And I know that Instagram and social media in general is such a huge platform for that. Um, and I've, I've said it before, it's so powerful and it's a powerful machine. Um, but at the same time, I think Instagram in general, the body image thing comes in. It's like, Hey, a lot of these girls, that are posing in bikinis and stuff, guess what? Might've been manufactured. Like some of this stuff may not be real. There's editing, there's all this. Yeah. And obviously it's a, it's a highlight reel. Yeah. 
And so it's like, how do you combat that where it's like, Hey, I can be a part of this socially, you know, Instagram's a great platform. Any of these social media is a great platform to get your message out, but how can you do it responsibly to where it's not hurting your self-esteem and it's helping you and not hurting you? Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a really great question because this is something that I've struggled with over the years is always trying to get the best angles, always trying to find the right lighting, always trying to get that perfect photo because you feel like you have to live up to those other standards of what other people are doing. But I think what really started setting me apart and what actually um, made a huge turn in my social media and brought a lot of my actually like ideal clients to me now is being vulnerable and even though I still post great pictures, I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, I don't post, you know, my best. I do. I'll take a hundred pictures sometimes and find the best one, but I still make sure that I am showing people my raw and real self. Um, and that's either, you know, sitting on the ground showing people, you know what? I, I do have fat rolls. Even if I stand up and I flex and I have abs, I sit down and I have fat rolls and that's normal because we're freaking humans. And if you're of a healthy body fat, it's, that's going to happen or just showing myself, you know, without makeup on because a lot of girls feel very insecure getting on social media, posting a picture without makeup on, but showing like, Hey, like this is normal. Everybody gets a pimple in here and there, here and there. We have freckles, you know, we have imperfections. There's scars on our faces. Like these things are very normal, but social media has made it seem that, you know, people look like these perfect photoshopped images. And that is the standard that a lot of girls set themselves to. And I've been there and in that place. So I never want anyone to look at my page and feel like, wow, she makes me feel bad about myself because she looks too good. Not saying I look like fucking amazing or I'm like, great, but I do love um, how I look and I do love like the body that I'm in, but it took so long. And I think me being able to be vulnerable and show myself in places that maybe made me really freaking uncomfortable and get very comfortable being uncomfortable is what has allowed me to um, have a super positive relationship with my body. And I think women, if they use their platform in a way to show every, you know, I shouldn't say every part of themselves, obviously they're not going to be like flashing their tits on there, but do you know what I mean? Like show the parts of their bodies that, um, make them feel a little bit uncomfortable because that's, that's where, that's what women do truly want to see. They don't want to see a feed full of perfect people all the time, because then you start to ask yourself, like, why don't I look like this? Why am I not good enough? Is a guy actually going to like me for like who I am, you know? Um, am, am I okay to have cellulite? Am I okay to have stretch marks? So I think it's so important to use your platform, um, in a way that's going to um, empower and uplift other people rather than just showing the most perfect side of you and, you know, just having highlight reel. Right. And I, I love the quote, comparison is the thief of joy. Mm -hmm. So, Absolutely. so easy to do that in today's world and not saying that men don't go through it. I'm sure a lot of men go through it. Um, you know, I've talked about it before the whole social stigma of like men and not showing emotion. It's kind of the same thing as like women and comparing themselves to, you know, other girls that they see online or comparing yourself to other people. It goes both ways, but, um, I, I love the message that you have and I'm super proud of you obviously for, you know, putting the mentality side of things first. So, 
obviously we've been in quarantine. How is Arizona open back up for a little bit or? Yeah, we actually just, um, we just opened up today. So everything's able to open back up as of today. Now I think places are going to open up at different rates, just depending on, you know, what the businesses want to do. But um, there's some restaurants that are open. Um, Gyms are starting to reopen back up hair, nail salons, things like that. So our stay at home orders. Right. What's, what's some things that you know, you have you seen like an influx of clients during this time where it's like, oh no, I'm at home. I don't have the gym for six, seven weeks. Like, what am I doing? Because obviously, I see you posting body weight stuff. And how's the how's the transition been? Like, have you seen more people coming to you asking for advice with the fitness side of things? Yeah. So, um, at the beginning, I think people were scared. People were like, oh my gosh, I don't have my job. I'm working from home. I have a decrease in my income. I can't afford this. And I will say my services aren't, aren't cheap. So it is the luxury for most people to have, you know, having a trainer or a coach isn't something that's just, you know, my daily or weekly grocery bill. It's something extra on top of, you know, your things that you need to pay for. So have people back out at first and I'm not afraid to say that. And I think the biggest thing that I did during that time though was realized, you know what, this is okay. It is okay if I'm going to lose some clients here because I can then give everything that I need to for my other clients. Um, and you know, I know things will pick back up and it was actually kind of crazy within this month of May, I've had my best month I've ever had like in the past two years. And I think that's because people finally are a lot more comfortable in their situation. They're like, okay, you know, I'm able to still make enough money to afford this. And I brought on a whole lot of clients and all people that I was so excited to work with. Cause sometimes, um, I'll have calls with people that I'm like, I don't really know if that's going to work, but everyone who I think was drawn to me during this time were just people that I really wanted to work with. So I'm super excited, but I just made sure that I was staying extremely positive and doing everything that I could to give the clients that I did have the best. And I think my clients that I was with during this entire quarantine were so thankful and so grateful because they were able to have somebody help them through this time and navigate their life, whether that was creating a schedule and establishing some structure in their life, going from working, say, nine to five to then having, you know, a completely open schedule and not knowing how to plan things out. So, you know, with their lifestyle, it's like, okay, we're going to figure out how we're going to structure out your entire day so that you can fit in everything that you need to get done and make sure that you have a balance there. Um, but I did have to change around all programming for every client and develop home workouts for them, but it's kept me really busy. But at the end of the day, I, I didn't let quarantine or Corona become a negative thing. I actually looked at it as a super positive thing and realized that, you know, no matter what negative situation you're in, you can always find a positive to it. And for me, I was like, I'm going to work on things that I haven't been able to get done or develop. And it gave me a lot more time to give back to my clients and give them more individualized attention. And then also just work on some personal goals as well. Yeah. So you say, I've heard you say it multiple times, like you have ideal clients, obviously people that you want to work with. What is an ideal client for you? And then uh, what, when you, when they join in business with you and they say, all right, let's do this McKenzie, 
what kind of stuff are you doing for them? Like, what does that relationship look like? Yeah. So when I say ideal client, um, it's, it's somebody who actually wants to make an overall lifestyle change and change the habits that they do have on a daily basis. Somebody who's not just looking for a quick fix, something where they can actually, um, work with me for at least 12 weeks at a time. I don't want to work with someone who's like, okay, well I have a wedding in six weeks. Now can you help me lose fat in the fastest way possible? So Basically, if a client is super determined, they seem like they really want to work overall on their mindset towards their body and towards health and trust my process and know that they might be very uncomfortable at times and they might have to get out of that comfort zone that they've been in, um, that's someone that I want to work with. Because sometimes I'm going to push my clients to do things that they might not necessarily have ever done before. Um, for instance, a lot of girls who have been under eating for an, a long extended period of time, I'll make them eat more food. And this is only just to benefit their health and because I'm looking out for them because I want the best for them. But um, something like that is going to take a long time for them to get their basically metabolic rate back up and get them to a place where they are healthy internally and they can build more strength and energy throughout the day and in their overall exercises. So. I would say that's kind of my ideal client. And then what was the other thing that you asked? Um, what does your program look like? Like for a client, what is, what's your relationship looking like? What are you, how are you engaging with them? Yeah. So with every single client that I do take on, um, we basically have a very, I would say open relationship. I reassure them that they're able to communicate with me at every point in time. And I think this is something that a lot of women are looking for. They want somebody that's going to hold them accountable, but also somebody that can almost act as a friend, someone that they have a relationship with, because most women don't just want somebody who's going to say, okay, here's your plan. Go do it. We require a little bit more attention than that. Now, men that I've worked with, I give them what they have to do and they are good and they'll send me their check-in and then they're off. But a lot of women want more individualized attention. So I allow them to have FaceTimes with me every single week so that we can talk about their goals and discuss anything that they need to change or improve moving forward. Um, even if they, you know, need to talk about things going on in their daily life with work or the relationships, I can kind of help them in that, um, regard as well. And then during this quarantine, I've been doing live Zoom workouts with them five times a week. So every client or everybody in my group programs is able to get on the lives and do the workouts with me. Um, and then we're able to just have like good conversation after that, talk about anything, answer questions. And then the main portion of my like programming is through an app. So basically I develop all their programs on an app where they have videos, everything scheduled out for them. So the, it kind of takes um, that stress away from them. They know, okay, I'm doing this workout this day. This is my check-in. This is when I upload my weight, my pictures, and I lay it all out for them um, specifically. And then for the check-in, they basically fill out a whole sheet that goes over, you know, their mentality, their hunger levels, how they're feeling towards their body, anything they need to improve on, change. Um, and then I give them feedback in regards to their specific check-in via audio. So it's a pretty like in-depth process. It's not just like, here's a plan and then 
you know, do your thing. <laughs> right. Absolutely. And I think a lot of people will love that aspect of what you do. It's, it's not only, like you said, the fitness side, it's also the mentality side. And then it's also a relationship that you're building with them. It's not yeah. like, here's your workout. See ya. But you, said you worked with uh, some guys. Yeah, I have before actually. Um, How is that? I, Obviously it's different with, like you said, girls want to like discuss a lot more things, but what is, what's like the difference when you're working with, working with a guy versus girl? Yeah. So, I mean, guys are very like easy to work with, I would say, just because I feel like guys don't go through all of the, I would say like disordering, disordered eating habits that women go through and they're not as hard on their bodies as women are. I think women, they see the scale fluctuate up a pound and they think, you know, their life is over and you know, the world's crashing down on them. Whereas a guy, if they, they're like, whatever, like I'm up a pound today. Like they just don't look at things the same way as women. So I'm able to say, okay, this is what you're doing. Here's your program. And, you know, they can ask questions, but I don't find that they have as many questions. They'll just kind of follow through with it. And they're just very easygoing. And I feel like don't require nearly as much work, but I love being able to um, work with either side of it. You know, like I said, women are a lot more challenging, but I think there's um, a positive to each of them because at the end of the day, I want to help like women to really be like, wow, you have changed my life, Mackenzie. I don't know what I would have done without you. Whereas I feel like men just, men just aren't like, <laughs> like they're like, all right, like my abs look better today. Like I feel pretty strong and <laughs> that's kind of the extent. <laughs> yeah. So how does, do you, as far as, as far as diet goes, yeah. Okay a little bit because to me it's 80% of the equation obviously you need to um, you know get in the gym get active and be specific on your goals but and you can obviously disagree with me you're the expert here but um, in my personal experience the kitchen is always very important whether that's hey I need to eat five meals a day to keep my metabolism going or maybe I need to you know cut back and do three or like whatever your goals are depending on your body style so what is, does it change for a guy to a girl? Like, are you having guys eat different things, obviously in intake because of body size and uh, metabolism and whatnot, but like, are you having them eat kind of similar diets as far as what they're intaking? So I, yeah, so I basically take a very flexible diet approach. And what that means is I don't tell anyone specifically like, you only can eat X, Y, and Z foods. Here's your meal plan. This is what you need to follow. Um, I'm not sure if you're aware of macro tracking, but that's what I use for a, a lot of clients. Now it can vary depending on the individual, but this is what I found to be the most flexible approach. So basically depending on your body weight and size. So let's take, um, say just 130 pound female. Okay. Maybe they need to be at 1600 calories for their goal. And that's made up of 130 grams of protein, 50 grams of fat and 160 carbs. Now let's take a male. He might require at least 2,400 calories. So basically the difference there wouldn't be the foods that they're necessarily eating, but the amount. So the male say he's 200 something pounds. Well, let's just put him at one gram per body weight of protein. So 200 grams of protein, he might be 
at like an 80 gram fat intake rather than 50 and his carbs might be around anywhere from 250 to 300 whereas the females might be a little bit lower but at the end of the day um and this is something i kind of do for my boyfriend and i is we'll eat the same food so i'll make the same dinner for both of us but he just has a lot larger portions or say i'm having something like part cauliflower rice part rice he'll just have double the amount of rice that i have and maybe not eat the vegetables so something like that but whenever it comes to the food that you're eating i'm like if you want to incorporate a cookie into your diet every day i'm absolutely fine with that you i don't want you to restrict yourself and tell yourself you can't eat sweets or you can't eat you know um any processed foods because eventually you're gonna crack eventually you're gonna cave so you want to incorporate something like that every day, but then, you know, focus on your micronutrients, on your protein intake throughout the rest of the food and make up that intake, then that's fine by me. Yeah, absolutely. I, I like to do the 80-20. So I try and be, yeah. try to be pretty strict during the week. But then on the weekends, I better believe I'm eating pizza. I might have some, a burger or something, but um, I think, like you said, it's all about balance. What's, what are some things that you know, you're cooking in the kitchen, like what's some stuff you're eating on the regular, like what's some cornerstone stuff. And then maybe some stuff that people don't really know about, but that would be an easy solution and something like you said, cauliflower rice, like yeah, be something where they could substitute, Hey, instead of eating this, I'm going to put this in there, make it a little more healthy. Yeah. So my typical day of eating, I will say, changes day to day. I, I don't stick to the same things, but there are some staple things that I will have right now. Um, and right now, I am in a period where I am actually um, trying to lose fat. And I took a whole year off from focusing on my physique at all. So it's kind of interesting actually honing in a little bit more on my nutrition, but I feel so much better and it, I like having that structure, but at the same time, I know I'm not going to be very restrictive. So um, let's just take a typical day for example. So for breakfast, I'll usually have some sort of protein. It's usually like an egg white omelet with maybe like one egg and some turkey bacon on the side. I'll throw some veggies in it, top it with like avocado, sriracha, and then everything but bagel seasoning from Trader Joe's, freaking fire. And then I'll have, I'll always have a carb. And I usually have like a solid amount of carbs in my breakfast because it's usually right after I um, have worked out. So I'll usually work out at nine. I guess I'm kind of going backwards, but <laughs> I'll usually have like an English muffin or a piece of um, toast or something like that before I work out just to get a little bit of carbs in or maybe like a rice cake or a banana, something just with some fast digesting carbs. Then I'll have this breakfast. And then usually for breakfast, for the carbs, it'll either be like Kodiak cake, pancake mix, and that's like a bit higher um, protein pancake mix, or I'll do oatmeal with some fruit in it and maybe like a little bit of nut butter. That's usually like my staple breakfast. That doesn't really change that much. Yeah. Just what I like. Right. Um, then something I've noticed about my body personally is I don't do well with having like lunch. I get very bloated and it kind of disrupts my digestion. So don't really eat that much, I would say for a typical lunch. And I'll have something like Greek yogurt and maybe like a couple rice cakes or an apple um, or some string cheese. And then I'll kind of move on from that. And then I usually have a decently big dinner and always, always, always have like a sweet, 
always. Like I just, <laughs> that's my thing. Um, and that's, that's balance for me. So basically for dinner, this can vary from like some sort of like a shrimp stir fry or maybe like sweet potato fries and making like a, um, burger with like these chili lime chicken burgers from Trader Joe's again, so good. And I'll usually use like these lavash wraps to put it on. Um, or if I just want to be basic, then I might just do chicken and then have like a mix of vegetables and like rice or something like that. But after that, then I might have like a Reese's peanut butter cup, or I might have a little bit of ice cream or a Yazo bar or a cookie, something along those lines, um, just to incorporate something sweet because that's personally what I like and I can overall fit it into my intake and I just, you know, am doing that on a daily basis. So Yazo bar. Have you ever heard of that? Uh-uh. Okay. They're like these Greek yogurt bars. So good. Sounds good. I've never, where do you get them from? Um, Walmart or I don't know what grocery stores you guys have there. Like we have fries and Safeway, but never heard of those, but we do have a Trader Joe's. They don't have those at Trader Joe's, but at Trader Joe's, chili lime chicken burgers are so good. You have to get those. Mm -hmm. Or they have these cookies that have like this buttercream filling in them. They're not quote unquote healthy or anything, but they're good if you're just wanting like a treat. (laughs) Absolutely. And I, I feel like, I feel like I always get a sweet tooth at night. That's when it comes for me. I like Trader Joe's uh, cookie butter. Obviously, that's not okay. Yeah, cookie butter so good. Like, mm, that's (laughs) That's something I I don't buy though. I so whenever I had like my eating disorder, I would binge hardcore on things like cookie butter or peanut butter. Like, no lie, if. Danny Frolic listens to this. She would literally be like, yeah, she did. Like I, it it was so bad that I wouldn't buy things for myself, but I would rationalize it by taking other people's food. So I would like steal her food and eat it. But then I would like try to go replace it. But one time she caught me and realized like, yo, like here's my food. But yeah, like whenever, whenever I was going through my eating disorder, everything I did was so irrational, but it was kind of like fight or flight mode where I needed it then. And I did not know how to control it or control myself around food at all. It was like an total all or nothing, like eat it now. Or I felt like I was never going to have it again. Right. It's, I think it's weird because a lot of people don't look at food sometimes in that fashion. They're like, oh, it's just food. But like, no, you have an addiction to certain foods that is leading you to be unhealthy, just like it's unhealthy to drink too much alcohol. It's unhealthy to smoke cigarettes. But people look at alcohol and cigarettes, they say, oh, you need to stop, uh, you know, uh, smoking too many cigarettes, you know, you're going to get cancer or, hey, you need to stop drinking so much, you're drunk (laughs) and it's not good for your liver. But hey, guess what? Heart disease is like one of the, if not number one, it's one or two in terms of how many people it kills per year. And that's a lot due to poor diet. And, you know, I know Arkansas for sure is like one of the most obese states in the United States. And I work in orthopedics, so I see a lot of these patients who are obese, and now they're having total hip replacements, total knee replacements, and it's leading down this way. But I feel like there isn't 
it's becoming more health conscious, I think, as, as the United States is becoming a little bit more health conscious. But how, how would someone who's going through a situation like this that you went through, how would they be able to look at themselves in the mirror and say, okay, hey, maybe I do have a bit of a problem or hey, maybe I do need to, you know, stop this or that so that I can continue to live a healthy lifestyle? Yeah, I think this is the hardest part is because even, um, you know, for me, I was lean during the time and I wasn't of an unhealthy body fat. So I didn't, I wasn't looked at as like unhealthy, Um, even though I was eating excesses amount of food. um, I wasn't looked at as like, oh, like she needs to do anything about it. But then the other, the other um, side of it is I wasn't like a stick. I was never super skinny. I didn't look like I had an eating disorder, but I think the thing is eating disorders can be an array of different body types. You don't need to be skinny to have, you know, anorexia or bulimia, but you might not have to be extremely overweight or obese to have binge eating disorder. You can be anywhere from, you know, a 90 pound female to somebody who's 500 pounds and have an eating disorder. And I think that's where, um, like the media and just from what we know and have been told over the years is miss or like is a misconception. Basically, I think people are just unaware and there's not enough information about it. And it's not talked about because it's something that most people feel uncomfortable with. So kind of went away from that question, but, um, you know, I think, People have to come to terms with, okay, I am not doing what is healthiest for myself because no matter how much, you know, my boyfriend at the time would have been like, Mackenzie, you know, you, you're not healthy right now. This is not okay. I wouldn't have listened. Or if my friends or family, I would not have listened until I came to a realization that I need help myself. And that's what it took. It took, you know, thinking I recovered and then relapsing four, five, six times till I said, I'm going to therapy. I'm doing this for myself. I am journaling. I am meditating every fucking day until I don't have this eating disorder anymore. And I feel like I'm in control. And so I think a lot of times it really comes down to mentally that person saying, I want to feel healthy and I want to feel better more than anything. Cause yep. you, you could have a doctor, you could have your friends, family saying things, but till you mentally want it, it's going to be so hard to make those changes because there's going to be something holding you back. You know, if you are extremely, extremely overweight and you have binge eating disorder, you're addicted, you're addicted to food. And even though it might make you feel sick, you've gotten to that place somehow and you have to change your mentality before you're going to, you know, be able to lose weight and get into a healthier place. Same thing with someone who has anorexia. You're so obsessed with being so skinny. And even though you look at yourself and you're like, I, I might not even love where I'm at right now until you come to terms with it's going to be okay to eat again. And mentally, I, I want to be able to put on weight and be healthy again. Probably not going to be able to do it. And I've worked with people across all the board. So, right. And you talked about writing it down and meditating. Like, what, what was that process for you? Because I've recently started like, Hey, write, write stuff down, write stuff down, write stuff down. And I've started trying to get into meditation too. So what's, what's been your journey with that and how has it helped? Yeah. So 
beginning of 2019 um, was when I really started to meditate and journal a lot more. And basically I knew that this is what I had to do to get basically out of this eating disorder. It was something that I didn't do before, but I knew that it was going to be beneficial. And my therapist at the time was like, I want you to write down your thoughts, you know, daily, whatever they are and anything surrounding food. So, you know, some days it would just be me writing like, this is what happened today. This is how I'm feeling. This is what I want for my life. You know, I, I feel happy when X, Y, and Z, and it, it could be really random or some days it was very specific and I was writing down, you know, what specifically I wanted my goals to look like with my relationship with food and my relationship with myself and body. Those were the two things that I was mainly focusing on at the time. Um, also how to be okay being single and not being in a relationship. That was something that I started to struggle with as well as I was like going through the relapse of my eating disorder is how can I be so happy on my own and not be dependent on a man to feel like I'm loved or to feel worthy. Um, so those were my main three things that I would write about. And I, I feel like it allowed me to have so much self development and it allowed me to learn so much about myself because I was writing things that I would maybe think in my head, but I wouldn't fully comprehend. And so I would get all of those thoughts and feelings out on the paper. Sometimes I would end up like freaking crying and being like, what the heck? Like I'm a mess. But over time, like my journal entries got a lot more positive. Things started to go a lot more smoother and I kept up with it um, for probably about like six to eight months and made sure that I was feeling really comfortable and happy with who I was in my life and honestly changed me, like changed me so much. I, it's like, I feel like in 2019, I just became a new person and I don't even recognize who I was prior to that. Like, it's so weird when I look back and I'm like, I, I don't even know that girl. Um, so yeah, I, I would highly recommend journaling, even if you don't even know what to write or don't have certain prompts to write, like write out your thoughts and feelings and you know, what's going through your brain. Cause a lot of times we push it to the back and that's sometimes often what can lead to that anxiety and depression that a lot of people go through too, is they just don't know how to vent or get their feelings out. Yeah. That was, that was one thing for me, not even just, you know, feelings wise, but also, Hey, these are my goals. These are things that I'm going to try and hold myself accountable to. These are things I need to work on, whether that's, you know, financially, these are my financial goals. These are my relationship goals. These are my fitness goals. Like that's kind of how I broke it down and said, Hey, I'm going to not keep it up here because if it's up here, you know me, I'm about to forget about it in a couple of hours. <laughs> like I'll forget. And so I need to put it down. You know, I have to write my schedule down for the day on a little card so I can, I just forget stuff. And we all, we all get busy and are in this world that's constantly pushing information at us. So it's easy to get distracted, but I, I really piggyback on the power of writing things down because it's the first act of putting it into existence. Right. And a little bit of accountability, you go back and look at it and you're like, uh, yep. How have I been doing on this? Or how have I been doing on this? Yep. Yep, absolutely. And I think, you know, we are so much more likely to stick to a goal and to achieve it if we're writing it down. Because 
like you said, when we put in our head where we, we think about it and then we're like, eh, I'm just going to forget about it as you know, life starts to pick up and you know, you get busy. So writing things down and breaking your goals into little groups and sectors, like you said, can be so beneficial for anyone. And that's something that I have my clients do on a weekly basis is write down your short-term goals and your long-term goals for, um, your finances, for your fitness goals and for just your overall lifestyle goals. And we break those down because I think it's so important to look at those aspects of life. And obviously there's other things that we can look into, but for my specific clients, it's like they need to keep their head um, focused on those areas so that they can improve. Yeah. And what, what was your journey like with meditation? Like how did you get into it? And then what do you, how do you kind of practice it? Like what techniques do you use? How do you think it's been, it's been helping you? Yeah, absolutely. So I actually um, would use videos on YouTube or I would use apps on my phone and I would usually just do it before I went to sleep. And I actually lived by myself for about a year and a half. So whenever I was living by myself, this was huge because it just allowed me to feel really at peace with myself. Um, and typically the meditation would, it would just be anything from like certain sounds that were like soothing for me to go to sleep because I felt like that was my biggest struggle with my eating disorder is at nighttime. That's when I was more prone to binge and purge. And especially while I was living by myself, like I was the only one holding me accountable. Like if I was living with someone, it wouldn't happen as frequently because someone was there and I wouldn't want to get caught. Um, so it was kind of that way to kind of escape away from food and make sure that I was like focusing on myself and actually going to sleep. But I would say just different YouTubes and different apps are what I used. Yeah, that's at first when I started doing it, it was guided for me. So with someone just talking you through it, hey, focus on this, like focus on that, kind of clear your mind. But then I've found kind of like what you said, certain sounds, uh, certain things like that kind of are like very soothing. And when you practice it, and get good at it, you can kind of manipulate, you know, where you go a little bit. So I think it's something that, you know, is starting to come come on the forefront a little bit as far as like reprogramming your like subconscious like you said you used it to help you you know not purge or not you know get to that certain place that you didn't want to go to and I think that it's super powerful obviously everything starts in the mind and the body kind of follows for the most part so if you're telling yourself over and over like hey I'm not I'm not gonna do this I'm not gonna do this or I am this I am good enough I am and like giving yourself those affirmations I think there's a lot of power behind it Yes. Positive affirmations are everything. And sometimes like you have to fake it until you actually believe it. You know, there were points where, no, I didn't feel confident or I didn't feel good in my body. But the more and more I kept telling myself, you know what, like you are okay as is like, you are still an amazing and beautiful person. You are capable of doing X, Y, and Z. I was led to believe it and it allowed me to go so much further just with my relationship with myself and with my career as well. Because during the time where I was going through recovery, I had a pretty big like roadblock with my career and I kind of had to take time off from taking on new clients because mentally I wasn't in that place where I could give them a hundred percent and I could give them my all. Whereas now I see so much 
of a difference in just how I'm able to dedicate myself to my clients and give them exactly what they deserve. So, you know, focusing on just my mentality through so many different aspects was the best thing I could have done. Yeah, absolutely. What is, uh, we'll go back just a little bit, but what, is, what are some uh, supplements and stuff? I always tell people, hey, you know, you can spend $200 on supplements, but obviously if you're not exercising and eating right, you're not going to really see, it's a supplement. It's going to supplement what you're doing to help you get a little bit of an edge. So what are those as far as for a female? I know they may differ for a male. Obviously there's some things like vitamin D or something that I think everyone should be supplementing. But um, what are some stuff that you use or some stuff that you suggest for your clients? Yeah, so the only things that I really suggest for my clients are going to be a multivitamin or a greens powder only if they feel like they are um, not getting in enough micronutrients for the day. Like some people just really can't get in fruits and vegetables. So I recommend that they do use one of those two things just to help overall with their immunity and getting an antioxidants and vitamins and minerals um, that we might need and require. Now, vitamin D, I absolutely agree with. I think this is something that every person does lack just because there's very little food sources you can get this through. And most of us, especially during quarantine, aren't outside in the sun where you're getting most of your vitamin D. Um, another thing that's, I think, really important that I will recommend is supplementing with uh, vitamin B12, just because this is overall what is going to um, help with your food metabolism. So help with produce the energy that you're getting from food. Um, so that's a really important one. And then aside from that, fish oils, fish oil is fine, but I don't think it's necessary. And like with all supplements, they're not required, but they're obviously just going to aid in certain benefits. And with people who are weight training, they're going to be more prone to having joint pain. So something like omega-3 or fish oil is going to obviously help improve your overall joint health, um, especially as you're aging too. And then there's nothing else, honestly, that I really would like say you need. Now, things that you could add in are things like protein powder, because a lot of people, it's really difficult for them to get in a sufficient amount of protein, so it could just help them, but I never suggest more than about like one to two protein like products per day, whether that's like one scoop of protein in a protein bar, like nothing more than that, because then you can run into some digestive health. Another thing that could be beneficial is a probiotic, um, but again, I see this thing as something that can kind of just put a bandaid on the issue. If you're having digestion issues and you don't have regular bowel movements, we really need to focus on the foods that you're putting into your body because taking a probiotic, yes, that puts healthy bacteria into your gut, but at the same time, you don't want to depend on it. You don't want to have to rely on this supplement to help you go to the bathroom and to not be bloated. So changing your diet and not including things with like sugar alcohols or having a lot of whey protein or maybe cutting back on dairy or gluten, depending on, you know, what makes this person flare up could be beneficial. Or um, um, I see a lot of people run into digestive issues if they do something like keto because your body requires carbs for healthy bowel movements. And that's where you're getting a lot of fiber from. But aside from those, there's nothing else. I think fat burners, anything along that aspect is trash, not yeah. necessary. I used to take all that bullshit. There was no point. I would take diuretics. I would take laxatives, but that was because I was so just 
uncomfortable with my body and always felt like I needed to be leaner or I needed to be skinnier. And again, that wasn't improving my health in any way. That wasn't helping me. It was just stemming, you know, the disordered, um, or I guess body dysmorphia. Yeah. And I talked to, uh, she's actually a certified therapist. Her name's Christine Ovsepian. She's out of LA and she's worked with all these people. She was on the show last week and she kind of talked about what you're saying now, as far as internally, if you don't fix the problem internally, like you could have all of these, whether that's, you know, body image or material things or whatever that may be. Like if you don't start internally and say, okay, like this is what I need to fix, then you're obviously going to continue to feel not healthy in a sense, you know, healthy. Um, what, what is your definition of success? Because obviously it varies for, from person to person, but like, what is your definition of success? Yeah, that's a really great question. So I think for me, success, (laughs) I don't know. I like pause. I was like, what did I say? Your head. Um, for, for me, success means enjoying and loving what I am doing every single day and feeling like I have a fire lit under my ass and that what I'm doing is making me feel alive. If I'm not doing something that I don't enjoy, even if I was making millions of dollars, I don't think at the end of the day, I'm successful. Also being so self-aware and being in a place with your body and with your mind and with who you are and feeling like you just truly love the person that you are. I think that, you know, equals success as well. And then just having, um, relationships and people in your life that are extremely supportive and build you up and add happiness to your life. I don't think people are ever going to complete you, but I do think people are going to help you to be more successful that are like-minded and are there to support you and push you to become even better. So overall, I I don't think success um, is something that has to do with, you know, money or where you're at with your job. I think it's overall like, a feeling of what it's like when you wake up in the day, you know, like if you wake up and you feel like so liberated to just keep working hard and to do everything in your power to be your best and succeed at what you're doing, then I think that's how you are successful. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. I really do love that. And for me personally, it's been like, okay, like who, who do you want to be? Like, who are you? And I feel like a lot of people go through that, especially at our age, you know, mid twenties, even up into your thirties, mid thirties. Like it's a time where ages kind of morph together. People are still trying to figure it out. Some people figure it out quicker than others, but that's where the whole don't compare yourself. Everyone's journey is different, but find a passion. Like you may find your passion a little bit later in life and you know, it may not come over to like come to you overnight, but Find something that you feel like you are giving other people worth. And then in turn, you feel good about yourself, right? Yeah. So I, I think that's I think that's absolutely valuable. How about how about all like anyone who likes to, you know, have a few drinks on the weekend? Like what are what are you drinking to not totally throw off your diet? 
<laughs> yeah, um, obviously, like, you know me, like, I would, I would be throwing it back in the day. I, I, I don't drink as much now, I will say, throughout this quarantine, like, I've had two, two drinks total, um, but that's for me and my personal goals, but if I am going to drink, typically a tequila with either club soda or Sprite Zero with lime juice is my go-to. It's kind of like my version of a skinny marg, but that's usually what I do so that I'm really only getting my calories from the liquor. Um, uh, yeah, a glass of um, wine every now and then, but unless it's like a social setting, I'm not someone who is going to just like drink casually. It's just not me. Yeah, no, absolutely. So what are some of your most frequently asked questions from your clients that like my audience and whoever's listening, like something that would maybe be really beneficial to them. That's something that you hear all the time. Hmm. Or something that's just very easy to start implementing into their daily routines that you think can help a lot. Yeah. So something that I get um, asked a lot across just like my social media is how are you so happy or how are you so confident in yourself? And I think, you know, throughout this entire podcast, um, you probably realize like it's not something that happens very easily. Like it took me almost my entire life so far to become happy with who I am. Um, but I think building my confidence came from focusing on who I want to be asking myself, like, what do you want for yourself and your life? And what does your ideal life look like? And what are the things that are truly going to bring happiness to your life? For me, I always thought that a body was going to bring me happiness and it wasn't. Um, I think uh, really focusing on who I wanted to be and like what I wanted basically the world to see me as is what brought me happiness because um, after, after I went through my eating disorder and after I recovered, I really established that I want to be somebody that empowers women. I want to be somebody who people look up to and they are inspired by. I want to be somebody who is a positive light in everybody's life. I want to be somebody who is able to um, change people's lives from a mental and an internal standpoint, not just from a physical standpoint. And I want people who are in my life to know that I am going to always push them to become their best selves. And I think that's where I found my happiness is whenever I was able to do those things and see people see me in that way and know that like, I'm doing exactly what I'm put on this earth to do. Like, I know that was kind of my calling and it took me a while to get there, but I think that's what brought me happiness. And then overall with confidence, I think that's something that I'm still working on every day, but just being extremely vulnerable, sharing my story, being raw with people, opening up and showing them things that people can relate to. Um, it actually helped me to build my confidence a lot because I realized, you know, so many people um, 
look the same way, you know, whenever, you know, they take down their high-waisted pants or whenever they um, are like alone that you don't see. But I think I always was comparing myself, which took away from my confidence. But I also think that my confidence stemmed from figuring out like who I wanted to be with my life and what direction I wanted to go. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I love that for anyone out there who's trying to maybe get in contact with you or, you know, check you out where, where can they find you on socials? Yeah. So MVP fitness with three S's is my Instagram and then Facebook. I do have group programs that I do on there, but I also do have a Facebook page. It's not as big, but, um, information is still filtered through there. It's MVP fitness, but with two S's, I do have my website, mvpfitness.com. And this shows just my like different coaching options and my programs and explains a bit about me, has some testimonials on there. And then I have TikTok as well. That's something that I'm just starting to dabble into since it's a new thing. I was like, might as well get on there. But that's something that I really have found that there is so many people who don't show like um, themselves in vulnerable states because it is a very younger audience. And that is the audience that I think needs my message the most. So I really want to focus on sharing a lot of just body positivity and overall, like how to build your confidence and how to eat in a healthy and sustainable manner. Um, and showing that like weight gain is okay. And those types of concepts, because you don't really see that much on TikTok at all. So I think that would be, I think that's MVP fitness with two S's. I think Instagram's I went with three, but yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I love how you're finding your niche in that because that is, I mean, I do think it's a smaller audience. I'm not on there, but I always have thought that it is a huge, I mean, it's a huge platform. People uh, people, it's a thing. My dad's sending me TikToks. I'm like, what is this? I don't even get on TikTok. My dad's sending me TikToks. I'm like, dad, what is, what is this quarantine doing to you? How bored are you right now? So it's like weird because I think of it as a small, like a younger audience. Like I'm like, I don't want to get on and see a 12 year old doing this thing. Like, I don't want to see that. But I hear, you know, people I work with that are in their forties talking about it. My, like I said, my dad's sending me stuff. He's in his fifties. So it's like, okay, well maybe this audience is like continuing to grow to like bigger, you know, older people, people our age, people even older. So it's all about how you use it. And I think, I think you're using it in the correct way, but is there anything else you want to throw out there? Anything else you want to say to the audience or anything that you're doing right now? I want to promote. Um, Right now, not necessarily anything that I would want to promote besides my coaching. That's really what I'm mainly focusing on at the moment. So if you are somebody who is listening and you are somebody who is struggling with your overall relationship with food and you want to develop a more competent version of yourself and you want to take a very sustainable and healthy approach, then you can absolutely apply for my coaching on mvpfitness.com and we can see if we're a good fit and I'll make sure to hop on a call with you so that we can talk about any Anything, your journey, where you've been at with fitness and your relationship with yourself and see if we're going to be a good fit to work together. Um, I think the last thing that I would say is for any woman who is out there that has listened to this and has related to my story, know that it's okay 
to struggle with your body image and it's okay to struggle with feeling like you aren't good enough or you aren't worthy enough. I think so many of us go through this, but we it's not talked about that much. So know that you're not alone here. And if there is anyone that you ever need to talk about, shoot me a DM through Instagram and I'd be more than happy to talk to you. I get DMs all the time just asking questions. So if there's anything that you would want to know, please talk to me about it. Um, also, if you have struggled with an eating disorder, again, know that you're not alone. And depending on where you're at in your body too, kind of like I talked about in this podcast, like there's not one type of body that says you have an eating disorder. It can vary. So if you are struggling at all, you know, reach out for help. It's okay to go to therapy. It does not make you weak. At the end of the day, you are going to become stronger and your mentality is the most important thing. Absolutely. I love that. And I'm all for MVP fitness. I'm all for it. So y'all go check her out and take her up on that. Obviously she's very passionate and knowledgeable about what she's talking about. So go ahead and check her out, give her the follow. And obviously, like she said, DM her and let's get rocking for 2020, our second little half of 2020. Yeah. Yeah. Let's bring 2020, I guess, out. Out with the boom. <laughs> We're not reeling it in anymore. Half of it's gone. But yeah, let's finish off 2020 in the best way possible. Know that even if it has not gone your way now, you can still have an amazing rest of the year. Mm-hmm. And don't let anything that's happened or the quarantine or coronavirus stop you from achieving your goals. You know, you're the only one in control of your life. Control what you can control. And you know, don't focus on the negative things that have happened in America. Right. And I think right now is a time where your message is definitely needs to be heard. Not only physically people who've been, you know, locked up in their houses for the last two, three months, and maybe they haven't hit the gym. They, maybe they didn't figure out how to, you know, incorporate a workout routine at home and maybe they gained some weight or they're, or they're not happy with where they're at right now, or, you know, mentally they're not happy with where they're at. So I think your message is very relevant right now and um, I'm all for it. And thank you so much for coming on the show, Mac. Yeah. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Absolutely.